from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swalwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Good morning, everybody, to the morning. Northeast Footy Brecky Show. How are you, Ray? Good, mate. 32 degrees here, unlike the weather there, by the sounds of it. My goodness me, we got got, uh, yeah, very hot days at the moment down here. Extra layer on in uh, Tyneside, Teesside and we yeah, Good morning, Daz. <laughs> good How morning. are you? Yeah, good morning, Steve. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm like you. I'm still a bit snuffly, uh, but, you know, we, we're, we're battling through. <laughs> we are, mate. We are, mate. Warriors, hey? Being here with me. amount of uh, tablets, paracetamols <laughs> and ibuprofen uh, making absolutely no difference at all. No. And, uh, yeah, just having a soldier on, basically. And what I'm loving is that no, it's, it's, it's now going through the office as well. And, and obviously, I'm getting Fantastic. all the grief for that. So, you know, brilliant. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful, um, wonderful. We are a man down, though, today. Well, we are a man down, but we've got a man coming in. Uh, Ted, obviously, off on Thursdays. He has to pay the bills with his uh, his proper job, he says. Uh, but, uh, of course, <laughs> we do have Jimmy Coppers uh, giving us the Sunderland news and, and uh, giving his views on a few breaking stories from WSA last night after 8 o'clock. Um, but, uh, as always, we've got lots to talk about on the, on the North East Footy Brighton show, including uh, the uh, the FA Cup, uh, where final games were played out last night. But before that, we had the uh, the FA Cup draw and uh, I think we all know how that was going to pan out <laughs> especially <laughs> after uh, after Newcastle and Hayden's uh, look with Cup draws this season and Manchester City away in the quarterfinals uh, could it be any easier could it be any harder how, how are Newcastle fans feeling about that this morning uh, Sunderland fans well the news that was circulating uh, on social media last week that Jack, uh, Jack Clark could be missing um, has now been confirmed by the club he's out for six weeks with ankle ligament damage uh, how big a blow is that for Sunderland um, you know, in, in the, the remainder of the season and uh, we were talking yesterday as well about John well uh, about potential managers for Sunderland we've, we've, mm. we've had it on a, the tips of our tongue for the last few days and uh, John O'Shea has taken charge of the Republic of Ireland for the next couple of matches but is that a name that you know would, would float uh, Ted's boat or, or Jimmy Coppers um, we'll have a chat about that Jim Ratcliffe uh, Manchester United as well um, continuing to talk about the Wembley of the North and asking everybody to, to dig it into their own pockets he's wanting taxpayers yeah. money to pay for that uh, but also saying it's probably going to take 15 to 20 years to do the ground my oh. prediction of uh, Jim Ratcliffe um, you know, not being exactly what he, he said, you know, he, he pretends to be, is starting to come true. We'll have a little chat about that as well. But And also a takeover um, in, West, uh, in, in the shape of West Brom in the Championship. Is that good to put West Brom back in the Premier League? Does it give them an advantage this year in the playoffs? We'll, uh, we'll discuss that. But as always, lots to talk about in the North East Footy Breakfast Show. But we start with the club headlines. Magpies and Proud, Mag News. Good morning, Newcastle fans. Well, Wednesday's FA Cup quarter-final draw saw Newcastle handed the toughest possible test, a trip to the cup holders Manchester City. The two sides have already met in the Premier League this season. United beaten 1-0 at the Etihad Stadium in August and 3-2 on Tyneside in January. Eddie Howe's side did get the better of Pep Guardiola's team in this season's Carabao Cup at St James's Park, though, winning by a goal to nil. 
This will be our fifth successive away draw in this competition since losing to Cambridge United at Gallagher back in January 2022. Our most recent quarter-final tie came against City in June 2020, the visitors winning 2-0 at St James's Park. The draw uh, last night, though, uh, brought out uh, no real surprises. Manchester United, though, will take on Liverpool. Uh, Chelsea will take on Leicester City, Manchester City versus Newcastle and Coventry will face Wolves. The ties will be played over the weekend of Saturday, March 16th, meaning that a new date will be needed for Newcastle's scheduled Premier League trip to Crystal Palace. It does remain to be seen whether any ties are scheduled for Thursday the 14th or Friday the 15th, but the international break that follows means Monday the 18th isn't an option. A little bit of transfer speculation circulating yesterday and Newcastle United and Tottenham are both keen on 25-year-old Eintracht Frankfurt and Egypt striker Omar Mamouche, who has scored 10 goals in 18 games in the Bundesliga this season. And Martin Dubravka admits that Newcastle United have been struggling with a confidence problem in the second half of the season. But the Slovakia international hopes that the FA Cup can offer a cure to such issues and keep the Magpies feeling optimistic about what has been a testing campaign. Eddie Howe threw Dubravka straight back into Blackburn just a few days after he was suffering with an illness. I bet he's feeling slightly different after the FA Cup draw. That's your headlines on Thursday morning. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Good morning, beautiful Borough fans. Happy Thursday. While Middlesbrough still have 13 games remaining this season, it appears likely that their season will come to an early and anticlimactic conclusion. Mathematically, obviously, we can still reach the championship playoffs, but Saturday's defeat made that a highly unlikely possibility and actually left them closer on points to the bottom three than the top six. While they should have enough quality up front, uh, sorry, quality and comfort to avoid being dragged to that kind of nervy ending, Michael Carrick will now prioritise his focus on ensuring they win as many of their remaining games as possible to cement their stay in the championship for another year. That doesn't stop planning from the taking place for next season, however, with Carrick committing last week when asked about a lone man, uh, Lois O'Brien's future, that planning had already begun. We are getting towards that stage where we need to start firming plans after next season, admitted the borough boss. And while nothing yet is signed, the club are believed to close to securing a contract extension with Michael Carrick, as the head coach has only one year remaining on the initial deal he signed when joining the club in October of 2022. Talks have said to be positive, with all parties keen to conclude the deal. As for key players in Carrick's squad, there's understood to be positive conversations with Riley McGree and Izzy Jones over signing contract extensions at the club. The pair are both currently contracted to Borough to the end of next season. And the Borough will be holding the club's 20 years on since their Carling Cup win victory event tonight. However, there was some sad news sent to fans and ticket holders of the event. Uh, the little fella, Juninho, who was booked to be in attendance, unfortunately sent his apologies as he announced he wouldn't be able to be there as he was unable to leave Brazil at this time. The message sent across to the fans announced, although Juninho wouldn't be there, they would still have the likes of Gareth Southgate, Stewie Downing, Frank Kudrew, Boateng and Slizzard Nemeth there. Also Massimo Macaroni, the absolute hero, landed in Teesside yesterday and cannot wait for the event. Should be a good night, Borough fans. Looking forward to it. If you are going, let me know how you're going. I will jealously be over here in Australia. That's your Borough headlines. Good morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. We start with the news that we'll be without talisman Jack Clark for the next six weeks after the winger's ankle injury was found to be worse than first feared. 
The 23-year-old picked up the issue during the Black Cats' 2-1 defeat against Birmingham in Michael Beale's last game in charge. He missed last week's defeat to Swansea at the Stadium alike, but interim head coach Mike Dodds had hoped the issue would keep him out for less than a month. Romain Mundell is now tipped to be in from the start at Norwich City after he was dropped last time out. The very exciting 20-year-old made his full debut in the defeat to Birmingham and many fans have claimed he was the one positive from the loss, while he's surely deserving of another opportunity. Romain Mundell could well be the permanent replacement for Jack Clark once he inevitably leaves in the summer, so this weekend could be a real taste of what he can do and whether he can have such an impact on the squad. And finally, former Sunderland defender John O'Shea will take charge of the Republic of Ireland's March friendlies before the planned appointment of a permanent manager early in April. Former Sunderland Wales boss Chris Coleman and England under-21 coach Lee Carsley have been among those linked with the vacant Republic post. In announcing O'Shea's interim appointment, FAI Director of Football Mark Cannon said, We are pleased to confirm that the process for the appointment of a new men's head coach is near completion and we are looking forward to announcing that appointment in April. There are your Sunderland headlines. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the North East Footy Breakfast. With Roy, Steve and Ted. Right across the northeast, the red, the toon and the cat. Okay, welcome back to the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. Uh, we'll start with the FA Cup. We'll get it out of the way. Last <laughs> night's results, first and foremost, <laughs> Chelsea uh, played out a five-goal thriller against Leeds United. That was a, a 3-2 win with uh, Gallagher getting a, a last-minute winner for, for Chelsea. Uh, Wolves and Brighton, well, that was a, a tighter affair. Wolves winning 1-0. Um, Nottingham Forest travelled, uh, played at uh, home to Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United uh, in Fergie time. Uh, Casemiro uh, gets the goal to put them through one nil. And Liverpool, who um, did retain a bit of the uh, the young players, great to see Lee Clark son again. Bobby Clark yeah, uh, playing yeah, uh, playing a playing a full game. Hadn't it? Got an assist last night as well in Liverpool's three nil win. Uh, Lewis Kumas getting the first goal. Jaden Dans, um, who looks a hell of a player by the way, getting uh, a brace yeah, last brace last night. So that leaves us with. Um, uh, the the final draw, um, which sees Wolves play Coventry. Uh, everybody was wanting Coventry at home, to be honest, last night uh, on the Newcastle United timeline. Uh, we didn't get it, of course. Um, we then have Manchester United versus Liverpool, which is you know a, a great game, uh, one which would be great for the final. Um, but obviously it's a quarter-final match. Chelsea will take on Leicester. So there, Chelsea who are creeping up the Premier League and seem to have discovered a bit of form. Will and obviously Carabao Cup uh, finalists uh, will take on Leicester, who are going all out for promotion, top of the league in the Championship at this moment. And of course, Manchester City versus Newcastle. Thanks, oh, Ted. fantastic! Yeah, thanks, thanks, Ted, and everyone who's got anything against Newcastle for giving, <laughs> getting your prayer mat out and praying that that will be what happens. But yeah, I mean. I'm trying to take some positives out of it, lads. I mean, it's worth pointing out that Newcastle United are unbeaten in cup competitions at the Etihad. Uh, our sole visit to date was a league <laughs> success back in October 2014. Um, Hang on to that uh, stat. Hang on to that le- stat. Uh, less, less thrillingly, Daz, uh, we have lost 17 of our 19 league games there. Drawing Oof. the other two 
since DeAndre Yedlin netted in the 2018 match. And we've also endured 510 scoreless minutes at the venue. Oh, my. Um, City's home form in the FA Cup. Well, that doesn't make for a good read either. Um, Winning in all 12 ties since losing 2-0 to Middlesbrough in 2015. Yeah. Those, those dozen victories have seen a total of 52 home goals scored and they have conceded five. Unbelievable. So, wow. it, it, if there's an underdog in this match, it's certainly not Manchester City. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, this really just beggars belief. And, and the stat that I read out in my headlines, lads, I mean, this is now our fifth successive away draw in the FA Cup yeah. since we lost to Cambridge United in 2022 which was Eddie Howe's wow. first game as new, you know, well you know first game in charge at Newcastle yeah. uh, Kieran Trippier played his well one of his first games in charge Kieran Trippier played that game I, you know I, it was it was a it was just an embarrassment we went out to um we went out 1-0 to Cambridge and then you know, we saw signs then of a, a team that could potentially turn it around but it was you know just wasn't wasn't good enough but yeah there's got to be something said it it, it does feel as if you know the, the you know the, the draw gods are against us, right? You know what I mean. It, it just yeah. feels as if yeah. you know. Uh, look at look at the group of death we were in in the Champions League. You know, it, look at look at the cup draws we had in the Carabao Cup this season. Uh, it's just uh, it's just incredible, isn't it? I mean, it, it's almost like the run of bad luck with injuries is stretched to the cup draws for Newcastle. Yeah, no, it's uh, what a crazy crazy draw. Uh, it was a shock uh, to see. Uh, and I was just, yeah, I don't know whether it's a laugh or cry, but obviously for, for you, Stevie, because it was, it was the, the draw that, that Teddy and I joked about yesterday. Uh, it was the one where you were saying, you know, you, you went to bed and hoped that you woke up and, uh, and, and that it wasn't going to be, and it could have been, couldn't have been the, you know, the, the worse sort of pick. I mean, Man City away, uh, in the form they are with De Bruyne and everyone back, it's going to be a right challenge. And obviously Newcastle, uh, you know, struggled in, in that Blackburn game, getting over where, where it counted. But I tell you what, it was one of the uh, one of the the roughest runs of, of uh, fixtures that you could probably ask for. Uh, and to get another away game as well, it sounds like you know we had it in the with Fabari in the Carabao Cup, and we had every one of them um, being an away game, uh, although lower league opposition, I must admit. Mm. So yeah, look, it's. Yeah, it's it's is it luck? Is it you know? I saw some fans on on uh, the social media saying it's rigged, and there's no way that they you know it, it doesn't make for good you know timelines if if Newcastle got a favourable draw and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just honestly what a uh, what a rough rough pull uh, for Man City away. But look, you know you you're in it. You know what I mean? And, and yep, it's not it's not over until. Uh, until it's over. Uh, Man City obviously will be one of the toughest tasks, but Newcastle are primed for it. I mean, only a few months ago, we were cheering on that 4-0 win against uh, AC Milan. So, look, PSG. it'll be... Uh, PSG, yeah, yeah PSG, sorry. P- um, it'll be, look, it'll be a fantastic evening. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, Newcastle, these are, these are the types of nights that Newcastle want to start getting towards. Obviously, you know, with the, with the takeover and... Uh, full effect once the financial fair play and Adidas deals and stuff like come that come through and Newcastle start building that you know that mega squad which we all believe that they will 
uh, becoming one of the fortress teams in England. I think, you know, these are the nights that you'll be looking forward to as the Man City I, being Newcastle. So. I love the fact you said evening, uh, almost as if you've subliminally accepted that Newcastle's uh, game will be on a night team, which will make it equally difficult for Newcastle fans <laughs> to get in. Um, Daz, yeah, I mean, what a, what a, what a draw. I mean, I, you know, if you're going to win it, you've got to beat these teams, but it's just, yeah. you know, uh, it, you can understand the, the deflation when that draw came out for Newcastle fans. And especially after the way that they demolished Luton um, the other night. Yeah. Um, although, it, in fairness, Luton did score twice um, in that game. So that, that's, you know, the, the one thing about City is they can leak a goal here and there, um, which I think has, has got to be one positive that you can you can take into that. Um, yeah, it's... it's it just happened to be. It just it was going to happen, wasn't it? It it was all the fates and everything, and you know what was said yesterday. And um, but I, I think you guys can just go there, you know, and 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 um, without a doubt, how we'll have them in the right frame of mind uh, to go there and give it a go. Um, you know, stop stop De Bruyne, um, and uh, the likelihood is uh, you'll stop them scoring. Um, the way things are going at the moment, him and Haaland are, are absolutely on fire. Um, but you know, I, I do think you've got enough in in the squad there, Steve, to, to certainly go and give it a good go, um, and and you know, see what happens. It is the cup. It is the magic of the cup. We've seen it so many times. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 not. Uh, I can see why you're deflated by it, now. and the, the most of the Geordies would be uh, when they saw that last night. But I certainly think you can go there and give it a go um, and try and well, get something out of the game. Need to find some form uh, before yeah. then. But uh, yeah, Newcastle fans waking up a bit deflated, I guess, with the FA Cup draw. But for now, we are still in at 7.20. Time for some ads. Gentlemen, this op will take you deep into entertainment territory. Chances of success? Well, it's Netflix, old chap. So we'll encounter thousands of films and TV episodes instantly over the internet. Afraid so, yes. Will there be popcorn, sir? Possibly, Sergeant, yes. But we must face it, salted or sweet. Damn it, you make your country proud. Watch as many films and TV episodes as you want instantly over the internet for only £6 a month. Visit netflix.co.uk for a month's free trial. Data and speed limits may apply. Fees apply after three months. Hey, terms how do you fancy getting involved in the fastest growing radio network in the UK? Clark, you would need Harry Potter as a physio, wouldn't you really? He sounds like a poor man's Riley McGree, to be honest with you. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody has taken part in them, that theme. They've got players there who are more than capable. I don't want any BS. There are so many ways that you can get involved. We're looking for presenters. Producers, technical operators, social media and content creators, and so much more. If one of those has your name on it, then don't delay. Get in touch via email. It's admin at ragroupuk.com. That email again, it's easy. Admin at ragroupuk.com. Come and get involved in your local radio stations that are really getting somewhere. Hi, everybody. This is Huey Lewis. Hello, this is Brian May of Queen. Weren't the 80s mint? If, like me, you love the 80s, then tune in to 80s Mint for the best in 80s music and memories. Right here with me, Daz, every Saturday from 9 and Mondays from 6. From Wickham to Whitley Bay. Stony Gate to Shields, Doggy to Darlow Back Lane, 
Steve, Ted, and Rye. The Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast. The red, the tune, and the cat. And you can get in touch with the Northeast Footy Brecky uh, via the WhatsApp. Uh, we have a WhatsApp number, audible three or four three two thousand two. You can drop us a message on that. You can also drop us a voice note. Uh, if you click on the little um, message box, there's a little microphone down there. Press that, and you can record yourself uh, a little message to send to the Northeast Footy Brecky show. Uh, and obviously, you can give us a call as well if you really wanted to speak to the uh, the gents. You know, as you're, you're brushing your teeth and getting ready this morning, uh, it's the same number: O double three O O four three two thousand and two. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Just take the toothbrush out first, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah probably a good idea. I want to talk about Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Sunderland winger Jack Clark is going to be missing for six weeks with ankle ligament damage in what is for me uh, a hammer blow for uh, for the the Weasaders. Um, wow, uh, you know this was something that was circulating as most things tend to. It seems um, before mm-hmm. anybody else at the club announces it on social media, and uh, yeah, I mean he's been a talisman for for Sunderland. He's been a you know he's been a star player, um, and and I think listening to you guys this week, you know Sunderland and Borough representatives on this show have all said. That's it. The playoffs are, you know, the playoffs are over. Um, for for us, it, it's a case of where we can finish in the league and see, you know, see exactly, you know, you know what we can do next season. It's 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 all, almost acceptance from you guys that, that that you're finished. But this, I think, this almost like rubber stamps it. Um, you know, for, from from our perspective, you know, it, it, I haven't seen enough of Jack Clark other than you know the games that I've seen on TV. But you know, the games I saw and and, and the game that I saw at and you know at, at the stadium like when we played them in the derby. Um, yeah, he, he, you know he's he's a decent player. Uh, Ted did send in a, uh, a a little bit on this. He says I'm gutted. Um, he says, but now we get a practice run on what life is going to be like in the championship next season. It's a great opportunity for Mundell uh, to bed in. I'm excited about Mundell. He's more physical than Clark, but let's hope he can develop the same level of quality. So. You know, it's an acceptance, I guess, as well. There seems to be an acceptance from Ted that, you know, Jack Clark is going to leave the club as well in the summer, that he's he's, he's too big a name um, and, and he's a sellable asset and Sunderland, Sunderland will cash in in the summer. So how big a blow is it, do you think, right, to, to Sunderland this? Oh, it's massive. It's massive, massive, massive. The, the games that Sunderland were able to win this season with a Jack Clark just single goal were, is undoubtedly a lot. Uh, and if it wasn't a Jack Clark goal, it was a Jack Clark assist or a Jack Clark movement that set up, you know, that set up Job or something like that. So it, it's it's a massive loss. He is by far their, you know, their, their talisman, their number one player. And uh, yeah, look, it, it, oh, I kind of tend to agree with Ted. Sadly, it, it kind of writes Sunderland's season off a little bit because he was he's that good. Uh, and I, I don't mean it in any disrespectful form. It's just that he's that good a player, and with him out. Uh, it kind of, you know, puts their season on ice because you don't know where the goals are going to come from now. Ersto and Rooston haven't really set it alight. Uh, Mundell's obviously, he's saying that it's more physical, but there's no sort of, um, you know, there's no uh, history there at the moment. He's got a lot to prove. Uh, and, you know, you're taking good 15, you know, goals away out of the club, probably another 10 to 15 by the end of the season. So, 
Yeah, it's a massive loss, and I, I, I don't know how Sunderland can recover from that. And unfortunately for Dodsey as well, I mean, who's trying to prove his worth at this, you know, probably looking to try and stay on as well. You would think he'd probably have aspirations after having another chance to, to lead this club. Uh, you know, of course he'd want to have Jack Clark in his arsenal, and now he doesn't. So, yeah, look, you can't take you can't take Jack Clark out of that Sunderland squad, squad sorry, and expect big things much like you can't take Whitaker out of Plymouth and expect much things. Same with Sammy Somotics against Blackburn. Uh, you know, there are tales like this all around the uh, the championship. And unfortunately, it's, uh, yeah, Sunderland's turn to feel the, the Northeast injury curse, as I want to call it, because uh, Borough have certainly gone through it. And uh, Sunderland seem to have gone through it a little bit at the start of the season, but then were relatively okay, I want to argue. Uh, but yeah, now that's a massive, massive loss, Dazzy boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a massive loss. And, I, and I, you know, Ted's point about this will give them... This will give him an opportunity to see what the squad looks like without him uh, moving yeah. into uh, you know into the summer and, and what they're going to need um, moving forward because you know they will be in the championship next season that's that's I think pretty much nailed on uh, and it gives the powers that be an opportunity to look at this and and take stock and say right well, okay well if we mean it next season if we want to go for it next season we're going to need another Jack Clark or we're going to need. Mm. Someone who can, you know, put the ball in the in the box, um, who can take on players, who who has got that vision and that flair and creativity, and unfortunately, players like that don't come along very often. So no. it's it's it is a massive loss, um, and I don't think Sunderland have got the well. I mean, obviously they'll get some money for Jack um, when he when he moves mm. on. You know, what will that be? Ten, fifteen, twenty million. Um, what do you reckon he's worth? Well, this market is crazy, isn't it? Um, isn't it? I suppose it, it too comes knocking, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's a, if it's a Brentford or a or a Bournemouth or a uh, an Everton, um, there may be less. But if it's if it's a Chelsea or a, a City, um, then you know we know what this we know what happens with situations yeah, like yeah. this. Um, you do. But you know, as a club, will they have? Let's say they get twenty for him. Yep. As, as a club, do Sunderland have, um, you know, would would that twenty million go straight into the coffers for someone else? Um, and then we know what happens is clubs, you know, either in the Championship or League One, who've who've got these young starlets who who are, who are you mm-hmm. know lighting up the um, uh, the lower leagues, and they go right. Well, you've got twenty million to spend, so we're going to slap on <laughs> fifteen million for this exactly. this, this kid who. Um, you know, has, has had a brilliant season in League One. Uh, you know, however many goals, however many assists, but you know, we know you've got the money, so it's fifteen million. Thank you. Um, so it's it's not going to be easy to replace him. Is is the point I'm trying to make? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's he's he is a bit of a. You know, everybody wants a player like Jack Clark. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, everybody wants that bit of flair, that that someone who can light up a game with just one little run or one cross into the box or that one mm. little flick that's going to get it and put it top corner. Um, we 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 would love a Jack Clark at Borough, wouldn't yeah, we? Not really. um, well, you know, it's, it's been a long time since we've had one. So yeah, I, I think he's going to be a great miss miss to them. Yeah, there's been times I think this season, and I think you know Ted will admit this, and, and, and the Mackhams would probably admit this as well, where where he hasn't fired, you yep. know, games where he hasn't fired on all cylinders. Um, Agreed. But you know, there's there's been times when he really has as well, 
Um, Can I just ask you, lads, as well, the rumour around, well, not the rumour, I guess the social media reaction to it, and Steve, you've been around long enough to see social media at its worst and, and its best. Uh, the, the, ru- the talk from Sunderland is that Jack Clark is now being put on ice because of the summer sale, uh, that it is a request of Jack Clark and his agent that, you know, they, they leave him alone, that he can't get injured because it's, you know, it's at the time where he can probably get one of the biggest deals of his career. Uh, do you reckon there's any truth in that? What the what the Sunderland sort of fans are talking about, and maybe we can ask Jimmy Coppers that as well. But I just mm-hmm. I guess just your lad's thought on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, by all means, I think you should ask Jimmy when he comes on. But I, yeah, I mean, you don't know, do you? Lots of rumours flying around. I, I, I point to what I said at the start of the piece, which is there seems to be a lot of leakage coming from new uh, from from Sunderland's you know from Sunderland's football club. They seem to have a mole uh, who likes to leak things and you know prior to the club making announcements and that that's a bit concerning for me you know Newcastle mm. went through this when Steve Bruce was manager um somebody in the dressing room or somebody in the backroom staff or somebody you know somebody in the admin was was putting stories out and you know it, it's detrimental to to the people yeah. in charge and and you know to hear that Beal was on his way, and you know see, seeing the press release come out, um, you know at, you know on a social media account run by a fans organisation <clears throat> was was embarrassing. So yeah, yeah, I, I and with agents, agents do like to stir the pot. Agents agents are doing doing it for their clients, they say, but they're doing it for themselves, aren't they? They're on a they're on a nice little percentage, um, you know, 15, 20% of, of any potential sale. Um, you know, if if Jack Clark goes for, you know, for 20 million, then, you know, you can go and buy yourself a nice uh, a nice house, can't you, for, for 2 million pounds, <laughs> if, you, if you're Jack's agent. So, yeah, all of this kind of stuff, all of this kind of stuff, I always take it with a pinch of salt. Um, yeah. Looking at looking at the stats, though, you know, you know since he came on loan at Sunderland, um, I mean, he's got 17, 17 games, Games on loan just scored the one goal, but he's he's matured. He's matured at Sunderland, and you know, seventy-eight yeah. games, twenty-four goals. Um, he's 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 developed into a he's developed into a really good player at Championship level. Could he do it in the Premier League? I, I don't know. It's it's a big step up. Um, you know, I mean, he's in, in his early career. He, you know, he was at Tottenham, uh, but but didn't play in the first team. Um, you know, he, he went to Leeds on loan, didn't really hit it off there. Queens Park Rangers, Stoke, you know, a few games here and a few games there, but what you know wasn't prolific. But he's 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 earned he's earned his crust at Sunderland. He's in, and he's become he's become a hero there. So, you know, I think if Sunderland have got any ambitions um, for next season. And you know they should try their best to keep a hold of them. But like everything in football, it comes down to money. It comes down to finances. Can they yep. afford? Can they afford to keep a hold of Jack Clark? Um, yeah. Because really, really, right, he should be looking to you know Sunderland really should be looking to build the team around him. And yeah, not wrong. Maybe Jack Clark. Maybe Jack Clark would like to stay on Weir side. Maybe he would like to succeed with Sunderland. But I guess the, the big thing for Jack Clark is who's going to come in as manager. You know, and and, and yeah, is there exactly. any, is there any interest in Jack Clark? You know, yeah. is, is there are there any clubs that have potentially spoken off record to to his mm. agent and said if he becomes available, give me a shout. We're interested in him. Yeah, so yeah. there's lots there's lots to weigh up. It's not as cut and dry as he's going in the summer. Um, you know, yeah. so maybe maybe you know we're, we're jumping the gun a little bit to think he'll go. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that? 
Well, I think there, there were rumours, and again, I got with it, we can probably ask Jimmy about this, but uh, I believe Lazio were, were interested. Uh, there was talks of this in January that there was a Lazio bid, not only for Jack Clark, but it was for some Morgan Whitaker. Uh, that they were they were an interested party, but whether that's true or not, we I don't know. But I mean, I I reckon you you're probably you know right on the money in terms of Jack Clark. Is he consistent enough in the championship? Is he? I mean, he's a very very good player at championship level. But I said the same, and I said this yesterday as well. I said the same thing about Cameron Archer. I said the same thing about Aaron Ramsey. I said the same thing about Jubarak Bomb. And, you know, apart from Chubarakpom, who's done quite well at uh, at Ajax, I think, in scoring, you know, I think he's in double figures now. But, you know, it, apart from that, these, these lads haven't gone into the Premier League and set it alight. Cameron Arch is still in single figures. Ryan Giles has already gone back down to the championship. Cameron, Ar- uh, sorry, Aaron Ramsey's been injured as well. So, you know, there's some players there that I thought, oh, you know, they have to step up to the Premier League and be fantastic. And they just really haven't done it. And it just shows you that gap of... of, of of quality player. Now, does Jack Clark walk into a Tottenham, a Man City, uh, an Arsenal and, and start? No. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's they're still, you know, unfortunately still better players uh, than Jack ahead uh, of him in the Premier League. But if he moves to like a Lazio or a European club with some Champions League football, and, uh, and then that's a smart move. And that's a good move for both parties, I would argue. So, because it gives him Jack, uh, gives him another, you know, step into Champions League football and, uh, you know, and that sort of, you know, lifestyle, I guess. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think Sunderland would be, by the sounds of things, looking from the outside in with no, you know, no real understanding. I think it's a bit of a cash grab. I think it's a big asset that Sunderland are sitting on. Uh, he could be worth, you know, a, a bit of transfer funding for, for them uh, to bring in two to three players, just like us, Daz, with Morgan Rogers. Mm, you know what I mean? But yeah. like you, exactly what you said, Daz, Morgan Rogers sale probably lifted all the prices of players that we wanted to, to talk <laughs> yeah. to because they said, "Oh, hang on, we just saw you. How much you got for Morgan Rogers? Well, you can pay this amount now for for our boy." So, yeah, it, it works in two different ways, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's an interesting point that you made there, Steve, about you know maybe he wants to stay. Maybe you know he's he's you know he, he seems to love the the team and love the area etc but it's whether his agent wants him to stay and from the sounds of of what's happening his agents is 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 making every bit of movement every bit of you know trick in the book uh to to to, to facilitate a move um so no i i i think he will be tempted i think you know should should a, a bigger bid come in and, and maybe they, they they turned down the bid in January to think, oh, do you know what, we've still got a chance of this playoffs now. Um, you know, we know we're going to have to let him go at some point. Um, and maybe that's maybe that will be the summer. I mean, uh, what about for you know for Newcastle? He's got two years. He's got two years. He's got two years left on his contract. So yeah. you know, he, you know, mm-hmm. there's no there's no hurry to sell no, Jack Clark. No. He's signed signed a four year deal in 22. So you know, they, they could get another season out of him, yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, then and then sell him for a profit. So you know, and if he has another good season next season, I mean, that's the that's the thing as well. You know, contract people say contracts are there to be broken, but contracts are there for a reason. And you know, uh, you know, unless he's going to be desperately unhappy about staying, you know, he's a young lad as well. He's you know, he's he's only 23. So he can, you know, another good season in the in the championship, you know, get Sunderland up in, you know, and 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 ends up in the Premier League. Then, 
you know, he, he can either stay with Sunderland on that Premier League journey, or he can, you know, he, he can he can leave and you know go to a bigger, better club then. But um, Lazio is a strange one. Um, you know, d- does he really want to go off and play in the, the Italian league? You know, I, I would imagine his ambition is to play in the Premier League, but um, but you never know. And, and I guess I guess money talks. You know, money talks. Yeah, not wrong. Well, I was just I was just about to say that. You know, would would Newcastle be a, a an interested party? Do you think? A creative I think midfielder, you know, attacking midfielder. Not somebody who's um, not somebody who's not proven at Premier League level. Um, I think if he was younger, potentially, because you know Newcastle are signing a lot of a lot of youngsters. But twenty three, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think's young. I think Newcastle are focused on signing anyone from the from the age of you know sixteen up to twenty. Um, you know they're, they're certainly improving their academy at that level, and midfield's not an area that they're, that the struggling in when everyone's fit. So I don't think I don't think he would be interesting. <coughs> Although you see, the, the the opposite of that's Chris Riggs. I mean, he's a midfielder, isn't he? He's not a striker. Um, now Riggs is the right age. Um, plus, he's a Newcastle a Newcastle fan. Yeah. Um, he's a North East lad. I still think Newcastle will go back in for Riggs in the yeah, summer. Yeah, I think I think it's a matter of time, don't you? Yeah, I mean it's gone very quiet on that. He's not getting the opportunities at Sunderland either. Whereas Newcastle have got now, you know, short term under Eddie Howe, uh, they have they have a you know a, they have got a, a chance of getting into the first team. You know, we've seen a lot of yep. Yeah, Fair player, it's because of the injuries, but we've seen a lot of players given the opportunity, young players given the opportunity to at least be part of the match day squad. But some who've actually come in have taken it, you know, taken the, the bull by the horns. And, and, and you know, Lewis Miley, prime example, has is, is come in. That's Elliot what I was going to ask, yeah. You reckon you know, Alfie, better than Miley? Alfie Harrison's another one. Well, I, I I don't know because I haven't seen enough of him, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just know, I just know that he's, I, I know that he's highly rated. Peter Beardsley yep. has, has spoken to me on numerous occasions about about how good Riggs is. He was the man who dis- oh, okay. discovered him, you know. Um, yep. And he says Riggs is superb. So you know, who well, might argue with the best player that Newcastle United's ever had, in yeah, my exactly. opinion, you know. But it's twenty to eight. We will uh, we will talk Sunderland again after the uh, after the eight o'clock news with Jimmy Coppers, who is coming on from the Sunderland Echo. Uh, but we will have a quick ad break. We will be back after this. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Okay, welcome back to the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. Uh, it's uh, Steve, Rye, and Daz this morning. Good morning, chaps. Woo-hoo. Good morning, yeah, no Ted. Morning, Stevie. Yep, no, Ted. Ted is uh, at work. He's not lazing around, and their uh, radio dad is probably up some kind of transmitter trying to sort out signals. Um, but, uh, good morning to you guys if you're watching. Good morning to the listeners as well. We do have a WhatsApp number. Do get involved if you want to get involved this morning. Uh, you can either send us a, a message on WhatsApp, or you can send us a voice note, or you can ring the studio. Uh, but Jimmy Coppers will be occupying that particular phone line uh, after 8 o'clock. Looking forward to getting his views on Sunderland. But let's talk Manchester United. Uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe is uh, certainly not a shrinking violet as far as publicity is concerned. Um, he has ambitious plans, as I'm sure most of you have read about or heard about, for a Wembley mm-hmm. of the North. 
and uh, this has now been welcomed by local council leaders i bet it has um but they've warned it'll take them 15 to 20 years to redevelop the area surrounding old trafford he thinks though that the taxpayer should pay for this wembley of the north um I'm not being funny, lads. Uh, I am really, really sick of Sir Jim Ratcliffe already. And and yep. it's only been five minutes since he got his feet in the door. Um, we, we uh, you know, listen to these stories, read these stories when we're researching to, to do the North East Footy Breaking Show. And he's, he's starting to become a popular name in the press. Um, but I think this is all going to turn pear-shaped for Manchester United. I really do. I don't think this guy has, has the... The wealth that he potentially looks as if he's got. I think this is going to backfire massively for, for Manchester United. And the suggestion that taxpayers' money should pay for the Wembley of the North, it, 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 some might say it's a clever move. You know, or is he testing the water? Is he is he is he trying to you know you know is he expecting so, suddenly the government to go? Wembley of the North. What a great idea! <laughs> why didn't we think of that? Why don't we pay for it? Yeah, great. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, Jim. It's not going to happen. It's just, it's a crazy idea. And 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 who you know who thinks that Wembley should be in the North anyway? I, you know, I, I guess I get it. Some people feel that you know the England games, for example, should be should be shared around. Well, they are. I mean, England are coming to St James's Park again uh, to play, but. To, to, to uproot Wembley from what is the capital of the UK is is a ludicrous suggestion, and it's one which will never which which will never be accepted by the the hierarchy at the FA. Um, but I just think this is this is just him trying to pull a flanker. I think this is him trying to pull a fast one, um, and I, I just don't understand why why he would even think that anyone would go for it. I, I really don't. But yeah, right. Um, you know, what are you making of the latest utterance from Sir Jim Ratcliffe? Oh, I'm, I'm like you, mate. I'm sick of seeing it. Every time I bring up the the sports headlines, it's you know Jimmy coming up with a new idea, sort of thing. So it's uh, it's it's getting a bit you know fr- annoying from the outside looking in, sort of thing. But the I, I still feel like he's he's just he's targeting the wrong sort of areas for Man United. I mean, until he fixes what's going up on the pitch. Nothing is going to work off the pitch. You know what I mean? You can go and build the, the greatest Wembley of the North with Jon Snow as much as you want. But if there's if there's still crap football, then there's no, no one's going to come watch it. Do you know what I mean? So they've got still a lot to sort out on the grass and in terms of players and, and building a squad for the future and getting back to those Man United of old where you had the likes of, you know, Gary Neville and, and David Beckham's and Cristiano Ronaldo's running around where players, sorry, where, where tip fans were paying whatever they had to do to come and see the types of squads that they were playing, putting out there. So until he sorts that out, um, you know, then he shouldn't be worrying about a stadium sort of thing. Now, I think he should be focusing on redoing, redeveloping Old Trafford, maybe not as much as he can, uh, but just, you know, tidying it up a little and, and making it, because that's, you know, if it's time to take 15 to 20 years, that's still 15 to 20 years of football at Old Trafford. And we've seen already, you know, this season where people are getting hit by concrete falling off the place and stuff like that. So, and, and water leaking through and stuff. So he's got to, he's got to address that now, uh, not in 15, you know, 20 years time and just let it rot for the next, you know, so, so yeah, look, I'm, I'm over it. I don't want to, I don't really want to hear from you anymore, Jimmy. Uh, I, I've, uh, I believe in what, you know, in the Man United takeover, well done. You've spent your money, but, uh, Stop coming up to the north, mate, because uh, the north is occupied. The wall is secure up here, mate. 
Uh, we do not need your attendance at the North Wall. Thoughts on this one, Daz? I mean, Jim Ratcliffe is, is certainly, um, you know, he's, he's doing what I'd describe as a bit of a Mike Ashley, you know, somebody we've not really heard anything of, and then now he's all over the press every week. Yeah, uh, it, it's really interesting you should make that comparison, isn't it? Um, you know, someone who's um, yeah, thinks they've got enough money to be able to do whatever they want, say whatever they want. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm with you on this. I just feel as though this is doomed to failure. This this guy, I, I didn't like what he came out last week, you know, and, and said, you know, in terms of, uh, well, I could see why he was doing it. He was sort of, you know, pumping up his iron, you know, look, look, look at us, we're going to be... Uh, back up where we should be in the next couple of years, and loved Pep's response to that you know, sarcastic response. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm sure they will be. Yes, yeah, um, I'm sure he's not having any sleepless nights over Manchester United. Um, no, I, the the guy sounds a little bit. Um, uh, I'm trying to put this politely, and I don't know if I can. Um, yeah, he sounds as though he's a dreamer. Um, yeah. And you know it's, uh, you know I'm, I'm all for for looking at bringing fantastic stadiums to the north, you know stuff like this. But I, you know Wembley is in the capital and it will always be there. And, and we've talked. This has been talked about for years about having a. You know, we should have a, a Wembley further. You know, another Wembley uh, in the north, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is just him trying to get something on the cheap here for Man United. Um, and I love it how the officials had come out with it yesterday and said, "Look, you know, if you, it's going to be at least ten years, ten to fifteen years, if you want to develop Old Trafford before you get it to to where you want to be," um, which which hopefully. Uh, peed on his bonfire a little bit um, but yeah <laughs> I'm with you Rye I, I've, I've had enough of this guy already um, yeah, yeah. you know uh, let, let's see what happens this summer you know because the, the biggest amount of work that needs to happen there is on that pitch you know they they, they you know they they They've they've had a couple of decent wins, you know they, they can we know we, they can put a run together and then they mm. they they, they, they they look awful as well, and and they're they're a team of individuals. They don't gel. Um, there's a there's just something about them at the moment that, I mean, Man United are not the most liked team um, by neutrals anywhere, um, but there is just something about them at the moment that, you know, if he wants to do anything, go and sort the mm. squad out. Yeah, not wrong. Yeah, mm. what does Melly make of it all, Steve? I mean, Melly's obviously yeah. been a guest on the show previously, but what does he make of it being a Man United fan? Is he buying into what Jim's saying and thinking it is a change in the guard? Yeah, he is, sadly for him. Yeah, um, yeah he's been hook, <laughs> he's been hook, lined and sinkered, uh, basically, yeah. and he, he thinks it's all going to work out great. Uh, it's the same. This is the same Melly that believed that uh, Sheikh Jazim was the, uh, the the man to come and sort <laughs> things out. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, look, I don't blame you know Manchester United fans to clinging on to you know clinging on to these kind of things. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's the hope that kills you as a football fan. And you know, Manchester United were the best team in the world for for twenty years. You know, they, they won the Champions League under Sir Alex. They won, you know, the the Premier League on multiple occasions: FA Cup, League Cup, UEFA Cup, you name it. Um, you know, I, from, from my perspective, they in in the nineties they were the best team. But you know, it it's been a, it's been a, an undignified slump for Manchester United down, you know, down the table and out of the pecking order, and yeah, it, it unfortunately for Manchester United fans, I think they just find it difficult to accept, you know, where they're at. Um, 
it is the club that keeps on giving uh, this season. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I read a story at the weekend about a, a number of the Manchester United players who complained to coaching staff that they wanted Sunday off after the the two one defeat yeah. by Fulham at the weekend. I mean, <laughs> what what on earth is is the mindset of a? a I mean, I don't want to generalise about modern day footballers, but is is that not telling you right everything that is wrong at the football club? Um, yeah, you know, not wrong. That, you know, because that that's a that's a huge slap in the face. Not not just for Ten Hag, who's the man who's got to try yeah. and motivate yeah. these people and get results out of these people, because that's his job. But that's a huge slap in the face for any football fan who supports Manchester United, isn't it? Mm. All of these, yeah. you know, these these players, these players, are, are, you know, are are treated treated like kings. You know, they they're on a, a ridiculous amount of money for kicking a ball around a pitch for ninety minutes. All they've got to do is get up at nine o'clock, you know, half past eight, nine o'clock in the morning, turn up at training. They're finished by one o'clock. They've got the rest of the day mm. to themselves. And, you know, all they've got to do is keep themselves fit, follow the routines, eat the right stuff and turn up and play football once, twice or three times a week. I mean, you know, that's a dream job. And, yeah. you know, the supporters who follow Manchester United are the same as the supporters who follow Borough, Sunderland and Newcastle. They're hardworking people who have to go out and work you know, probably 50, 60 hour weeks, um, you know, doing, doing some of them doing, you know, seriously hard jobs, some, whether it's mental or physical. And those people decide, uh, you know, their escapism, their way of enjoying um, their time off from work is to go on a journey in a car, on a bus, on a train, on a plane, and go and watch their football club, which they are emotionally attached to. And if they get served up, the rubbish that Manchester United served up at Fulham, you know, that's a slap in the face for the supporters. So for them to wake up on Monday morning and hear a story that their 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 players have said, "Oh, we don't want to go in on uh, we didn't want to go in on Sunday," um, you know, we just wanted the day off. We don't think that's fair. Ah, oh, come on, man. Uh, you know, Ted. Uh, I mean, uh, right? This is ridiculous, isn't it? It's a ridiculous. It's a ridiculous notion. And yeah. you know, I, I, there should be fine. There should be fined a week's wages for even suggesting that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, to see the level of, oh, what do you call it? The level of it's know, arrogance, ego. Yeah, arrogance. Yeah, arrogance that you know you can put in a, a, a horrid performance and then you know want time off sort of thing. I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, especially when your job is to perform on that pitch and when you're not doing that and you're not competing to the levels that the fans and you know the probably the club and that your pay packet you know expects you to. There's no way you'd be walking in and demanding a day off. It's like us sitting here and going, right? Are we going to sit silent for two hours? Uh, and then Daz, Steve, right? Will we taking Friday off? Uh, Radio Dad, good luck, mate. Because uh, you know, I mean, it's just it just doesn't work like that. The real world doesn't work like that, and they seem to sort of forget, you know, what, what fans pay and what they give up to travel, you know, up and down the countryside to see their team play. We heard rumours of this with Michael Beale, didn't we, at Sunderland as well? Towards the end of his tenure, where Sunderland players were getting upset that he was having time off when he he was asking the players to come in and after a loss sort of thing. So. You know, it's it's it is such uh, a, a finicky business uh, football, but I can't imagine. And it's hard to to always go back to it, but the days of old, uh, in terms of the players of old, I can't imagine a Roy Keane losing on the Saturday and then telling the boss that he's not he's going to take Sunday off. It just wouldn't have happened, and I don't get how we've gotten now into a modern day footballer that expects that. 
I mean, and where are the Roy Keens of today? I mean, there's probably a lot out there, but, you know, it doesn't seem to be, you know, a lot of them because there's no way a Roy Keane or, you know, even, you know, the, the likes of those old Man United boys that would have, you know, literally, uh, you know, gone and asked that. And then maybe that's a, a failing of Ten Hag as well, where he thinks the players have got a thought process that they can ask that of him. Do you know what I mean? And maybe there's a mentality there that he that isn't strong enough to say, well, hang on, lads, you know what I mean? That, that's not going to happen sort of thing. So, yeah, look, Daz, I um, I need tomorrow off, by the way, Daz, uh, because I'm just going to be quiet <laughs> for the rest of the morning. But uh, what do you reckon, mate? I don't reckon it's discussed. I don't, I don't think it's, it's not good enough. No, no, it's, it, it is a joke. And I, and I think shows everything that is wrong about that club at the moment. Um, and, and arguably about what's wrong with young footballers at the moment as well. Um, you know, the, the arrogance of it, of it all. Um, you know, the, 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 their self-belief is like through the roof, isn't it? Their self-importance. Um, and, and just not thinking about the, the bigger picture. Yeah, I just... It, 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 I don't know, I've got to the point now where I think I just laugh at things like this, where you just think, <laughs> what has happened to to this game? Um, it, it really does worry me that, that what is happening with with this player power and the, the way that clubs will just pander to it as well. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I say, I think I think um, Radcliffe has got lots and lots of issues to sort out there. Uh, that not just about trying to, um, you know, be peacocking about having the the greatest stadium in the north um, that somebody else Who's is going to pay for. Who's the captain there as well? Who's the captain there? Uh, it's it's not Maguire anymore, is it? No, it's um, Hernandez. Is it? No, not for, oh, for, uh, yeah. for Hernandez. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, what's what's where's he? Why is he not pulling him into line? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, how's the captain? You know what I mean? Is he the one leading the charge as well? Because, tell you what, if my captain's going, gee, I need that Sunday off. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't that, know. that guy's a joke. I mean, I'm sorry. Did you see that clip the other day of him? Um, I can't remember what game it was. I did see that where, where, he, where he went down yeah. outside yeah, the box, yeah. holding yeah. his onto his ankle, and then. You know, it, I mean, stuff like that's disgraceful. You know, we yes. know it happens. We know it happens. But he's the club captain, you know. Yeah. And we've talked about this so many times, haven't we? About the the impressions young footballers uh, footballers give young kids these days. Yeah, um, I, I just think it's shocking. I know we are, we are close to the news, but I just think one of the other things that is worth you know speculating about here is is what what do we think about Ten Hag? Do we think? Um, that he is part of Radcliffe's uh, plans because he's, he's not been particularly mm. enamoured with him. Nah. And, a lot uh, of speculation yesterday about managers again. I mean, yeah. you know, p- p- you know, the, the papers love the Manchester United story because yeah, it, they do. You know, it, it, it's always gonna it's always gonna generate revenue from the click. But I mean, Zinedine Zidane is um, yeah, you know in so, in some places is, is like top of the list, isn't he? Um, yeah. I've seen the Brighton boss uh, Roberto De Zerbi um, yeah, yeah. linked as well. But is is it an attractive option at the minute? Is it an attractive option for for a for a manager to to go? Is you know is the Brighton manager does he think that it's a, an attractive option to leave leave there and, and go to Manchester United? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's as an attractive job as it was, lads. Yeah. Yeah, no. no, the only attractive offer it is is for someone in the A League down here, I reckon, because the chance to go from Australia to Manchester is uh, is is you know is probably pretty high. But apart from that, it's probably not the best for anyone that's actually worth something because uh, it, it literally, it, 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 I mean, it's a long term project. I mean, it's not instant success. So you're going to have to get a manager in that's going to have to buy into the long term 
you know, purchasing and, and, and you know, financing from the gym uh, because it's not going to happen immediately. And does, it, does Dane want that? Does he want to build something over the next couple of years? Does, does Zerby want that? You know, well, time will tell. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, um, does isn't it? It's, you know, it, 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 is it as attractive as it used to be, the Manchester United job? No, no, I, I, you know, I mean, it's still, you know, one of the biggest jobs in football, isn't it? Um, but anyone who's looking at that will look at the disaster of the last 10 years. Um, <laughs> Not wrong. And, and will, you know, maybe, maybe Zidane might be a good choice because he seems like he's, you know, he's done his business in, uh, in Spain. Uh, he knows, uh, you know. He, I don't know. I mean, he's clearly got a reputation, but he's been out of work for a while. Uh, maybe he'll take a punt on it. Um, but I would have thought Mourinho would have a word in his ear before he does <laughs> um, about his experiences there, without any doubt. Um, so, so yeah. Um, I think it, I think it's just going to be a really interesting one to, to see what happens over the summer. You know, Radcliffe said we'll wait till May to make their decision. Um, I think they've probably already made it. But yeah, eight o'clock, chaps. Yeah. Uh, we've done the first hour. Uh, we will be back after the news. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast. With Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. It is the Northeast Footy Breakfast. You can get in touch at any time via WhatsApp, Audible 3 or 043 2002. Uh, coming up, we're going to hear from. Uh, the Sunderland Echoes James Copley James uh, or Jimmy as we call him uh, James uh, will fill the Sunderland void after this from Tracy Chapman and Fast Car you can get in touch 033-043-2002 we'd love to hear from you Jimmy Coppers is next you get a fast car I want a ticket to anywhere maybe we make a deal maybe together we can get somewhere any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove You and me, fine, you've got no plans I ain't going nowhere Take your fast car and keep on driving With his finger on the Sunderland Pulse It's Jimmy Coppers This is the cut Welcome back to the Northeast Footy Brecky Show uh, with Steve, Daz, and uh, no Ted this morning, but Rye is here in Australia, Yee-hoo. 32 degrees, sitting in his speedos, and uh, Jimmy, yep. James Copley, good morning, sir, how are you? Good morning, I'm very well, gentlemen, how are you? Good, good to have you back on, mate, thank you for uh, being a, a great sub for, for Ted this fine <laughs> Thursday morning, and um, first of all, I think Sunderland fans want to know, um, the, any managerial updates, obviously, uh, situation vacant, currently f- uh, filled by the uh, the caretaker boss, but uh, what's what's on the rumour mill at the moment on Wearside? Uh, is there any update? No. <laughs> it's still going to be Mike Dodds until the end of the season in interim charge. Sunderland then obviously face a, quite a big decision in terms of what they do. I think a lot will depend on how Mike Dodds does, although the season looks to me like it could be over for Sunderland realistically. So it's an interesting summer coming up. Uh, the big story over the weekend was 
that um, Alex Neal was reportedly open to a return, um, which went down extremely poorly with Sunderland fans. <laughs> the Sunderland Echo did a poll, and I can't remember the exact figures, but it was something like 85% of about 4,500 Sunderland fans uh, said that they wouldn't take Alex Neal back at the stadium. Obviously, he's been sacked from Stoke. Um, Stoke are a sort of relegation candidates at the moment. He's sort of had a disastrous spell there. So, yeah, that's where we're at at the moment. Um, there's a couple of other names still flying around. Will Still, uh, Scott Parker as well as a name that's that's been linked. I think one to watch could be Danny Roll at Sheffield Wednesday. I think Sunderland would be... He'd certainly be on Sunderland's list if, if there's a list, which you assume there would. I think he'd be on there. He's worked wonders at Sheffield Wednesday. I think they were bottom uh, when he found them and sort of looking dead and buried. But there's a little bit of hope there now and they've started to, to put some wins together he's very much a head coach so yeah that's where we're at at the moment but in terms of Sunderland season it feels like the spark's completely gone out of it Interesting the managerial situation for the Republic of Ireland uh, took a little turn yesterday John O'Shea um, is, is taking charge for the March friendlies um, they're expecting yeah. to have a permanent manager in place in April is is that is that a name that would have Sunderland fans excited I mean you know former Manchester United and Sunderland player I'm not sure whether it would have Sunderland fans excited. I think there's a great deal of, of respect towards John O'Shea for his time at Sunderland. Obviously, massive figure for the Republic of Ireland, over 100 caps, some great moments for them, scoring against Germany. You know, titles galore at Manchester United, a really good professional. I think, you know, somebody Sunderland fans are, are quite fond of, but I'm not sure it would excite. Um, he's got no managerial experience at the top level yet. Obviously, he's taken these friendlies with the Republic of Ireland. He's worked... Uh, at Stoke City, I think he worked under Alex Neil for a little bit. Um, he worked under Wayne Rooney at Birmingham City. That didn't go too well. And he actually left Birmingham City when former Sunderland head coach Tony Mowbray arrived. So it would be a bit of a punt. It would be a bit of a a surprise one, I think, given the given the lack of of managerial experience for John O'Shea. Um, mm. But yeah, I think there's a there's another side to that. Is that it's always very important to get somebody who understands the club and the fans we saw that with michael beale i don't think he really understood the club and the fans um and he didn't really make the right noises did he so i think that could be important john o'shea would would certainly understand what it meant and, and what the area was like having spent so much time here as a player and um, but I, at the moment i can't say that one happened to be honest it's a story that broke um, again on social media. We'll come to that in a minute. But Jack Clark is going to be missing for up to six weeks with ankle ligament damage. Um, how big a hammer blow is that for Sunderland? Huge, massive. Uh, 15 goals this season with four assists. It, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. Sunderland's last game against Swansea City, they just didn't carry the ball into the box. It was the lowest the lowest uh, for that statistic all season. Um, and obviously that's because Jack Clark wasn't the team and he's your left winger carrying the ball at the box. There's no strikers that do it really at Sunderland. Um, Patrick Roberts has been injured as well, so he hasn't been doing it. So it, it, it's massive. Sunderland's top scorer, one of the championship's top scorers, one of the championship's best players, I would suggest. Um, and it now potentially could have played his, his last game for Sunderland. Um, if the if the injury doesn't go well, there is a, a chance that he could return towards the end of the season. But I think it's a real shame because Sunderland, I think, are eight off the playoffs at the moment. Um, that might have increased with some games, I'm not sure. Um, and I think 12 off 21st. So they are just looking like mid-table at the moment. And they did look like mid-table at times last season. And they did manage to kick on. But I think the difference is last season that they had a Maddiallo 
Jack Clark, Patrick Roberts all fit. Um, you know, they had Ross Stewart for part of the season, Ellis, Dim, Ellis Sims for part of the season. They just don't have that now, unfortunately. So I think for me, it's looking like, you know, the season the season could end and Jack Clark likely to be sold in the summer as well, despite still having two years left on his deal because I think Sunderland and Clark have, have hit that sweet spot where there's massive value in a potential sale. He probably deserves a move. There's going to be interest. Sunderland are well protected by the contract that he signed. He's not going to sign a new contract, so it's probably going to be best for everybody involved that he goes in the summer, despite the fact that he really likes it at Sunderland and he's performed really well. That's not a, a slight on the player, but he's, he deserves a move and he's, he's probably going to get one. And, and I think he will have deserved that Premier League move when it comes. Who for you is the best player to, to come in and replace Clark? Then I mean, he's obviously the star man down there. Uh, but you know, who's the best person to come in? Do you think for the remainder of the, the season? It's interesting because they they have got some options. There's Romain Mundell, um, ex Tottenham, who came in from Standard Liège during January. He can play on the left or the right. He's a candidate to come in on the left. Uh, Nazari Rusin who can play across the front um, three, but was sort of brought in more as a striker. I think the more we're seeing him play, it's more clear that he's he's a wide forward and his favourite position is off the left. So he could be an option with uh, Joe Bellingham up front or a Mason Burstow, although Mike Dodds hasn't played Mason Burstow at all this season during his games in temporary charge. So there are options there. Um Chris Rigg as well could come into the midfield at some point. Interestingly, Mike Dodds brought him on against Swansea City off the right. Um, and he did mention that after his press conference that he does still see him as a centre midfielder, but he, he thinks he can affect the game anywhere. So that'll be interesting to see. It's actually a little bit of a shame in hindsight, and obviously hindsight's 2020, that Sunderland sent the Costa Rican international Jefferson Bennett to Greece on loan in January because he wanted to play more. He was never going to beat Clark to a start 11 position but now Clark's injured Jefferson Bennett probably would have got a few minutes um, so that one's a little bit of a shame there are options there though but none of them unfortunately are as good as Jack Clark at the moment couple of other things I know you've got to uh, I know you've got to shoot off you've got a busy day today uh, breaking story in the Sunderland Echo is uh, Juan Satori who's eyeing uh, an involvement at a third club people obviously can read about this yes. on the Echo can, can you give us an abridged version of what, what's going on there so basically, I think Juan Satori is a really interesting case for Sunderland fans, which I'll come on to, but he, he owns part of Sunderland. Um, he's involved in AS Monaco in France because his father-in-law, the Russian billionaire, owns that club. He also has interests with his hometown team in Uruguay, um, Nacional. Uh, he wants to become president, really, um, but there's there's various things that may block that happening he needs to be part of the club a little longer um, but if he was seeking election there that would obviously take his attention away from Sunderland he has a political career as well um, I think he came second in the Uruguayan elections recently he also has business interests so Juan Satori and the family by the way so Juan Satori to me seems to be spread pretty thin um, and it, it is a really interesting case because Juan Satori came to the club under or with Stuart Donald and Charlie Methven. They were part of the Madrox group. A lot of questionable things in Sunderland happened under the Madrox group when things were bad. Methven and Donald would often wheel out Satori as this sort of knight in shining armour that was going to save and fund the club. And when he got more heavily involved, everything was going to be fine. That never really seemed to happen. Um Kiri Louis-Dreyfus came in. He was a friend of Juan Satori's. I think that was the reason he came in. 
um, and the reason the club was sort of sold to him. Um, clearly, with Dreyfus owns the majority of shares and, and Juan Satori sort of the minority, but Sunderland fans have never really been able to nail what Juan Satori does. He seems to pop up every now and again. Um, he was in the Sunderland Till I Die documentary, whether that was sort of for show because he knew the cameras were there. Um, so it's a very, very strange case. He's, he's spread very thin. He's got a lot of different um, interests politically in business and football um, around the globe. So I think Sunderland fans need a bit of clarity. What does he do? Does he have any decision-making? Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a massive grey area. And for a lot of fans as well, he was complicit in the, the era that preceded the Curry Louis Dreyfus Eva with um Charlie Methven and Stuart Donald. He was their business partners, although he wasn't all always there making the day to day decisions. He was part of that group. So in a lot of people's mind, a lot of the stuff that happened is on him as well, which I think is is fair enough. And we've never really had that uh, clarity around Juan Satori. So yeah, watch the space with that one. Always focused on the first team, James, but you, you do cast an eye over the uh, over the younger teams at the club, and I think you've got to give special mention before uh, before you leave us to the under sixteens who are through to the semi finals of the Premier League Cup, and they'll take on Leicester on Saturday for a place in the final. Yeah, really, really good to see. Um, I've watched a lot of Sunderland's under eighteens this season, um, and there's been a lot of there's been a lot of players stepping up from the under-16 age group, which is really, really good to see. I think that's one thing that the club have got right over the years since since Kirill and Dreyfus has come in as the academy. It's been invested in, there's infrastructure. Um, a lot of Sunderland's players that would have departed previously are now staying. Um, not everyone, there are there are players that go. Toby Bell went to Chelsea, Mason Kocher, he's gone. He's on trial at Leeds United. But there does seem to be a really positive conveyor belt of talent. Sunderland can you know, point towards a pathway to the first team with the likes of Dan Neil, Anthony Patterson, Elliot Embleton, all of the young players they've, they've given a chance to. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's really positive that Sunderland are punching above the weight in terms of in terms of finances, really. They've got a massive catchment area, which is obviously shared with Newcastle and Middlesbrough, but the North East is it's a bit of a hotbed, really. There's so much talent. Um, just look at the likes of, you know, James McConnell, who won the who won the um, Carabao Cup with Liverpool, came on as a second-half substitute. I think Morpeth-Bourne, um, connections to Newcastle, but came up through Sunderland's Youth Academy. So really, I think Sunderland fans want to see these players sort of make it at Sunderland before they move on, because there was a bit of a mass exodus under Donald and Methven, you know, um, just off the top of my head, Lucas Stevenson, Logan Pye, Joe Hugel, uh, Joe Lasoro, Josh Madger. These were players that all went, James McConnell sold, um, there was a lad that went to Everton as well, Francis, I uh, can't remember his second name, but yeah, so yeah, it's really positive, um, it's good for Southern fans to see and hopefully they get to a final because that would be a brilliant story. Last question. Steve Bruce in the director of football role instead of Speakman, said a Sunderland fan last night. Uh, would you go for that, James? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not sure it was a Sunderland fan. I thought it was you folding up, putting on a... <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. It was like some player must, must, ID. Must I'm be sorry. you on the wind-up, surely. Uh, definitely not me. Uh, maybe it's me on the wind, but I wasn't on it last night. Uh, James, thanks for giving up uh, your valuable time uh, on Thursday morning, mate. Look forward to speaking to you again soon, mate. Take care. Yeah, no cheers, worries. James. Thanks, Chance. Thank cheers. you. Thanks, Jimmy. Bye, bye. It's 8.20 on the North East Footy Brecky Show, and it is uh, time for me to rest my vocal cords and time for you to listen to some ads. Yeah, and uh, you can also get in touch with uh, the show if you would like to get in touch uh, via the WhatsApp or double three or or four three two thousand and two. We would love to hear from you this morning. We'll be right back after this. 
We are here every day and every night of every year. From the first breath to the last. We are experts in the human body and human emotion too. We answer 11 million emergency calls a year. But we never panic. We take a pulse, agree a plan, make a cuppa. We don't do it for the thank yous. We do it for all of us. It's not your normal job. We're mending lives, looking for veins, keeping the music playing. We are Michelle, James, Carrie, Yvonne, Adam and Frankie. And at 3.49 this morning, we were Maisie too. Seven pounds, two ounces, all doing well. We are the NHS and we are recruiting now. Search nursing hey, career. How do you fancy getting involved in the fastest growing radio network in the UK? Well, you would need Harry Potter as a physio, wouldn't you, really? He sounds like a poor man's Riley McGree, to be honest with you. <laughs> Thank you, everybody that's taken part in them, that theme. They've got players there who are more than capable. I don't want any BS. There are so many ways that you can get involved. We're looking for presenters, producers, technical operators, social media and content creators, and so much more. If one of those has your name on it, then don't delay. Get in touch via email. It's admin at ragroupuk.com. That email again, it's easy. Admin at ragroupuk.com. RAgroupuk.com. Come and get involved in your local radio stations that are really getting somewhere. Clark. My debut 1990 September, Bristol City away to get that opportunity, what thousands of Geordies only dream of. Hignett. Playing against Chelsea and then to score the first goal there is something that still lives with me now and it's what most people will talk to me about. Williams. A first goal of a sudden underway at Leicester. It was a left foot volley. I didn't realise my left foot was for kicking a ball with as well. I thought it was just for standard. Across the North East. It's the three legends. Fridays at six on the Cats, the Reds, and the Two. From Wickham to Whitley Bay, Stonygate to Shields, Doggy to Darlow Backlane, Steve, Ted, and Rye. The Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast, the Reds, the Toon, and the Cat. Welcome back Mackens to the Northeast. I'm proud. I'm so sorry. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we Welcome go. back to the Northeast Footy so well. Brecky Show on Thursday morning, and it is time for the Sports Northeast headlines. Mackham's and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. We start with the news that we'll be without talisman Jack Clark for the next six weeks after the winger's ankle injury was found to be worse than first feared. The 23-year-old picked up the issue during the Black Cats 2-1 defeat against Birmingham in Michael Beale's last game in charge. He missed last week's defeat to Swansea at the Stadium alike, but interim head coach Mike Dodds had hoped the issue would keep him out for less than a month. Romain Mundell is now tipped to be in from the start at Norwich City after he was dropped last time out. The very exciting 20-year-old made his full debut in the defeat to Birmingham and many fans have claimed he was the one positive from the loss, while he's surely deserving of another opportunity. Romain Mundell could well be the permanent replacement for Jack Clark once he inevitably leaves in the summer, so this weekend could be a real taste of what he can do and whether he can have such an impact on the squad. And finally, former Sunderland defender John O'Shea will take charge of the Republic of Ireland's March friendlies before the planned appointment of a permanent manager early in April. 
former Sunderland and Wales boss Chris Coleman and England under-21 coach Lee Carsley had been among those linked with the vacant Republic post. In announcing O'Shea's interim appointment, FAI Director of Football Mark Canham said, We are pleased to confirm that the process for the appointment of a new men's head coach is near completion and we are looking forward to announcing that appointment in April. There are your Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Good morning, beautiful Borough fans. Happy Thursday. A new game is nigh. Don't you worry about that. We can forget about all that's gone and focus on Stoke. Come on, Borough, please, please, please. Middlesbrough are talking about next season already. And while we still have 13 games remaining, it appears likely their season will come to an early and anticlimactic conclusion. Mathematically, obviously, we can still reach the championship playoffs, but Saturday's defeat to Plymouth left it highly unlikely and actually left us closer on points to the bottom three than the top six. While we should have enough quality and comfort to avoid being dragged into any kind of that nervy ending, Michael Carrick is now prioritizing his focus on ensuring they win as many as we can the remaining season ahead. That doesn't stop planning from taking place for next season, however, with Carrick admitting last week when asked about lone man Lewis O'Brien's future, that planning had already started. Carrick said, we are getting towards that stage where we need to start firming plans up for next season for sure. The discussions have already started with some of the lone boys and also the recruitment team. While nothing yet is signed as well, the club are believed to be close to securing a contract extension with Michael Carrick, as the head coach has just one year remaining on the initial deal he signed when he came in October of 2022. Talks are said to have been positive, with all parties keen to conclude the deal. And as for key players in the Carrick squad, there's understood to be positive conversations with Riley McGree, you goat, and Izzy Jones over signing contract extensions at the club. Those both are currently contracted to Borough till the end of next season. And just finally, Borough will be holding the club's 20 years on since their Carling Cup win event tonight. However, there was some sad news. Little fella Juninho, uh, who was booked to be in attendance, said his apologies as he announced he wouldn't be there as he was unable to leave Brazil at this time. The message sent across to fans announced, though, although Juninho would not be there, they would still have the likes of Gareth Southgate, Stewie Jowning, Frank Kudrew, George Boateng, and Slizzard Nemeth in attendance. Also, Massimo Macaroni, the hero, landed in Teesside yesterday and cannot wait for the event. That's your Borough headlines. On to Stoke. Good morning. Magpies and Proud. Mag News. Well, Wednesday's FA Cup quarter-final draw saw Newcastle United handed the toughest possible test, the trip to the cup holders Manchester City. The two sides have already met in the Premier League this season, United beaten 1-0 at the Etihad Stadium in August and 3-2 on Tyneside in January. Eddie Howe's side did get the better of Pep Guardiola's lot in the season's Carabao Cup at St James's Park, winning that game by one goal to nil. This will be our fifth successive away draw in this competition since losing to Cambridge United at St James's Park in January 2022. Our most recent quarter-final tie came against City in June 2020, the visitors winning 2-0 at Gallagher. So, the FA Cup draw reads like this, Wolves versus Coventry, Nottingham Forest are out so it's Manchester United against Liverpool, Chelsea will take on Leicester City, and Manchester City will take on Newcastle United. The ties will be played over the weekend of Saturday, March the 16th, meaning that a new date will be needed for our scheduled Premier League trip to Crystal Palace. And it remains to be seen whether any ties are scheduled for Thursday the 14th or Friday the 15th, but the international break means that Monday the 18th won't be an option. 
In speculation in transfer uh, rumours, Newcastle United and Tottenham are keen on the 25-year-old Eintracht Frankfurt and Egypt striker Omar Marmouche, who has scored 10 goals in the Bundesliga games, uh, 18 Bundesliga games he's played this season. Martin Dubravka admits that Newcastle United have been struggling with a confidence problem in the second half of the season. But the Slovakia international hopes that the FA Cup can offer a cure to such issues and keep the Magpies feeling optimistic about what has been a testing campaign. Eddie Howe threw Dubravka straight back in at Blackburn just a few days after he was suffering from an illness. I wonder how he feels about the FA Cup draw now. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Thursday the 29th of February. From Yarm to Yibbe, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red platoon and the cat. Good morning, everybody. Uh, last half hour of the show, and uh, no Ted this morning, just me, Daz, and Rye on the Northeast Footy <laughs> Brecky Show. Uh, big thanks to Jimmy Coppers who joined us earlier mm-hmm. to talk about Sunderland. Uh, we're talking about the FA Cup draw, lads, and. Uh, Interesting tweet by uh, Jamie Carragher last night. Um, This was prior to the FA Cup draw being given, and he just basically said, any cup draw should not take place until all ties are played. You lose the buzz and excitement of getting through if you already know you've got a tough draw in the next round. Um, I'll I'll add to this as well. The the semi-finals being played at Wembley, lads. Mm. Um, two two contentious issues for me with regards to the you know the FA Cup. Um, it's it's an American idea, I think, doing draws live on TV. It's something which we've yeah. inherited from the Americans. Um, you know, it was always done. You know, in the FA headquarters, it was never televised. I think it was possibly started off on the radio, and then it's 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 jumped to, to being this big half an hour TV event. Um, <laughs> what's I I'll I'll give my opinion first. I I agree with Jamie Carragher. I think all games should be played. And then the draw should be made. It should be made after the last kick of the last ball and we know exactly who is through. Um, As for the Wembley semi-finals, I agree. Uh, uh, The whole point of getting to a cup final is being able to play at the National Stadium, you know, and going there the the whole day out and, and enjoying yourself. And it's nice, I guess, for those teams who have, you know, I guess, have very little chance of getting to the final when it gets to that stage to, to, be, to be able to say, well, we've been to Wembley. But I disagree with it. I think it's, I think it's you know, I think it spoils it uh, for everybody. Um, and, and, and it was an idea, I guess, that probably came in again, you know, for, for a financial reason, maybe to help the, the new national stadium uh, when it was built to try and recoup some money. Uh, but but overall, I think it's a it, it's a daft idea, and of course, you know, when when Wembley was being built, we we had a semi final at Cardiff, Newcastle, and, and you know, uh, and lost that down there to Manchester United. But yeah, for me, I agree with Jamie Carragher. I think that the cup draw should be done when all the ties are finished, and I don't think the semi finals should be played at Wembley. Right? What's your thoughts? Yeah, completely agree. I think it's um, insane, and 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 here in Australia, it never happens that way in any competition where you kind of know who your next opponent would be before you're even through. Uh, I think we need to wait and even it wouldn't hurt anyone. I know they don't want to do it too late. They're probably after prime time, but there's nothing, there's no, you know, there's no hurt in, in doing it today. When all the teams are, we know are through and then you can do it tonight on TV sort of thing. So I think it's silly that we sort of rush it even before uh, the teams have played each other. 
Uh, and it's absolutely right. It could kill momentum. It could kill, you know, a young team like Madstone United. Now, obviously getting knocked out this round here. But, um, you know, imagine them, you know, knowing that they've got Man City next and they're still trying to focus, focus on Coventry or whatever it may be sort of thing. So, yeah, it's um, it's, it's something we need to, to definitely fix. Uh, and I think for, as for Wembley, Wembley needs to be saved. It's the, it's the biggest one. It's the event uh, at the at the end sort of thing. It's, it's, it's what you try and, you know, play for at the end. So, yeah, it's... um. I think Jamie's, you know, hit the nail on the head. He's been in contention this week, hasn't he? He's, uh, he's being dragged in by Ten Hag once again. Uh, Ten Hag not happy with his comments, but um, I think he's, you know, he's 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 a pundit. He gives his opinion, and I think this one wasn't right on right on the money. We need to wait and, um, and wait to see what teams are uh, are through uh, before we do any draws. Dazzy boy, oh, I'm I'm totally totally with this. I mean, two two ridiculous ridiculous things that have happened and have come into our game one having the draws I, I get it to have it live on TV but as soon as the last game finishes the final whistle goes then have the draw right because yeah. then you know which well you, you may even not know um, you know if there's replays etc but you know just wait till the last game is kicked off and then play. what difference does it make you know, having it put out early, it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, oh, so and so will play either so and so or so and so or so and so or so and so. It's it's just stupid. I, I don't know why that has come into the game. I'm sorry, I've got to be my bonnet about this one. Um, just uh, yeah, yeah, ridiculous. And as for playing the semi-finals at Wembley. This has been going on for years now, uh, and I hate it. I hate it. And I, I get the whole thing about a semi-final is a, a big thing, and it's prestige. All of that, all the rhetoric around all that is absolute rubbish. Um, uh, the reason why it happened was because they had to pay for Wembley. They had to pay the bills off at Wembley, so we'll get two big semi-finals in each year. Um, you know, for the cup, uh, it'll bring in extra revenue, pay off the Wembley debts for paying for it. It had nothing to do with the game or the fans. This whole thing about oh, well, more fans can get to see the semi-final, and it's it's absolutely garbage. The final should be at Wembley. <laughs> the semi-finals, no. Right, you do them both legs at home and away, or you you pick a neutral venue. You know how, and I, it's not just my nostalgia here on this one. Um, I've a real bee in my bonnet about this. The semi-finals should not be at Wembley. It, it's a, a special thing for you to, you know, for fans, for players to run out on that pitch. You know, Wembley isn't special anymore, is it? No, you know? it's a false. No, it's, it's a false. We're all sure. we're all agreed on that. Um, Shalen Patel. Uh, a minority shareholder in Serie A club Bologna has been named as the new West Brom chairman. Mm. Um, a deal that's reportedly worth £60 million has been approved Oof. by the EFL earlier in February. Is this good or bad news uh, for, for the championship? Um, you know, contenders, I guess, the playoff contenders. Because West Brom, are, again, uh, what you would probably deem as a bit of a dark horse this season. They've been there or thereabouts. Not really a team, not really a team that you would have said were, were, were going to be up there. Um, when you look at the calibre of teams that, that came down uh, this season, but you know West West Brom have been you know they've, they've been hovering uh, around you know the, the playoffs all season. Uh, they're comfortably placed in fifth place. Does does this does this new chairman and, and, and a bit of extra cash you know maybe give them that incentive and, and give them that extra push this this year to, to potentially clinch a place? I think it does. I think it's the the biggest thing for me is obviously as a West Brom fan, it kind of relaxes you about the uncertainty around the club in terms of the 
the debt they're in and uh uh you know we were talking you know just shows ago weren't we steve about fire sales and potentially yeah, having to let all their players go and um and, and you know having to clean the clean the ranks because they just couldn't afford it and players wages going unpaid so i think as a west brom fan it kind of takes you know that sort of scare factor away that you might have been losing your club which we we thought you know we 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 knew that the likes of West Brom probably wouldn't head down that path, but it's always scary. Uh, and it sort of, you know, you know, it, it takes that sort of fear away. And now they can focus on what they're doing, which is playing good football. They've got a great coach in Carlos Corberan. He's the most animated manager I've ever absolutely seen. He's like me uh, on a on a borough watch along on that sideline. He is. He will not stay in that box. There is painted <laughs> box lines there for a reason, Carlos. Stay in them. Uh, you crazy maniac, because he's absolutely fanatic, that kid. But um, I absolutely love him. And he's, uh, yeah, he's put together great football. Um, he puts, you know, he's getting good football out of a Steve Bruce built team. <laughs> That's right. I said it. How's the bacon? Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting to see finally that, um, yeah, that they can put that sort of that fear factor down uh, and they can focus on, on the pitch and hopefully... Uh, they, if they do get promoted, they've got a good chairman, a good owner now that uh, can can do re- good recruitment for them because you know, they've always been a, a bit of a yo-yo club, if you want to call it that, uh, much like us uh, and Sunderland and the like sort of thing, you know, in and out of the Premier League. So, you know, it'd be um, it'd be good for West Brom, obviously, to, to get back up there, but uh, not at the cost of Borough. But uh, unfortunately, you know, it is what it is. So they're playing good football uh, and now they've got, you know, the Warriors are off the pitch sword, which is a big, big plus. Yeah. And I think that's got to have a knock-on effect on the pitch, hasn't it? You know, you know, a new, new uh, owner coming in. You know, feel-good factor around the place. Um, you know, I, I think that it, it very well may give uh, West Brom players a, 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 a right. Well, come on, lads. You know, we can do this one final push here because. You know, even if you know, you know get, they've still got a chance to get in the Premier League, obviously by the playoffs. Um, but if not. You know, it's it's still a really really exciting uh, place to be. You know, who knows what's going to happen next year? So I, I, I yeah, I think this will be uh, this will be a nice little boost for West Brom, who've you know, you know, I don't want to bring his name in it again. You know, we've had a, have had a, a rough couple of years. Um, you know, they they were they've had their Premier League experiences as well, and they'll want to be back up there and stay in there. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's a real positive thing for them. Okay, twenty two nine. We are going to go to a quick ad break, so we will be back. Well, after just this. just before we do there, Steve, we've just had a um, a message in from uh, from our friend Daniel. Well, oh, morning, Daniel. Morning, Daniel. Um, well, afternoon, we should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's normally Where in before now. Yeah. He says, semi-finals should be at neutral venues, just like in the olden days. Save Wembley for the showpiece event. Well, I think we can all agree on that one. Nah, agreed. Well played. Well said. And on a lighter note, Sir Jim Ratcliffe is the equivalent yes. of a spot on the backside. Irritating. <laughs> um, I'm glad he went there. Uh, he needs to get well, I've them. I've got a seat cushion you could use. For that. <laughs> you have. <laughs> Don't get started on that again. Um, <laughs> he needs to get their Man United house in order before any grand plans. Um, a very good point well there, Neil. Lovely to hear from you. You can still get in touch with the show before we disappear uh, at nine. It's on the WhatsApp or double three or or four three two thousand and two, and we will we will be right back after this. From Yarm to Yibby. 
Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the Red, the Tune, and the Cat. Okay, welcome back to the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. Last ten minutes or so, uh, Saudi clubs, uh, Rai, are coming back yes. in um, in the summer. Um, to, to raid the Premier League and uh, oh. this Mo Salah story won't go away right we've spoken about this since we started the show mm-hmm. back in August yep. last year um, and it, it appears that they, you know that they have the bit between their teeth and, and, and really do want to prize one of Liverpool's star players away from them and you get a feeling as well that depending on who comes in as manager at, at Liverpool, that, that might be something that's possible this time round this summer. What, what's your what's your thoughts on that? And why do you think that why do you think they're insisting on bringing Salah in? I think they obviously the crowds. Uh, you know the numbers have been so low. We've we've spoken about this yet, as you said. You know since the start, and we've seen Jordan Henderson and the Benzema and all those likes not really pay off. Maybe they're banking on Salah actually working. Uh, and maybe that's you know going to be the answer to their prayers. They hope, I guess, um, it's gonna they're gonna have to pay a hefty sum. But you know, is Salah the man to get them uh, the, the crowd numbers up? I don't know. Um, he's a world class player, but he's he's sort of getting towards the end of it. I think the Liverpool sort of uh, dream is over. Obviously, Klopp goes, and I think you'll see Salah go now. Uh, Van Dijk probably go. I have a feeling that Salah last season when we last sorry last summer when we was talking. Uh, about how close he was to that move was probably brought in and in a bit of a cheeky ear I reckon Jurgen Klopp said look I'm going to be out at the end of the year Uh, why don't you just stick around until then sort of thing and then you can make your move so I reckon that was a bit of a plan by them again I've got no basis to you know base that on I'm just sort of just putting two and two together but I think he'll uh, I think he'll definitely go I think he'll get you know an absolute life you know changing offer uh, and so will Liverpool, and they'll bank it on one of the greatest players they've seen in, in a Liverpool shirt uh, in some time. If he, is he the greatest Liverpool player? Um, not too sure, um, but he's definitely up there for me. Uh, and yeah, I'm not sure what how Saudi will go if they'll bring crowds in or not. I know that uh, there will be a lot of people that want, will go on, you know, wanting to see Salah, but there was a lot of people that probably wanted to see Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Benzema, you know, even Jordan Henderson, and the crowds still didn't really change. So. It'll be interesting to see if it works or not, but uh, yeah, you can bet your bottom dollar that Saudi will be uh, dipping into not only for Salah, but they'll get in, trying to get whoever they can get their hands on. I reckon. What's your thoughts, um, Daz, on on Salah? Do you think do you think it's inevitable that yeah. he's going to go to the, the Saudi league? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think he'll look at the whole Klopp decision, um, and you know, and if Van Dijk is going to go as well, um, he, you know, he's probably looking at the at the bench as well, and looking at the academy and thinking we've got some really good players coming through here. Um, you know, I've, maybe I have had my time, and maybe it is time to cash in because that's what it'll be. It'll be a massive cash in pay day, won't it, for him? Um, Will will he will he speak to Jordan Henderson? Do you think? Possibly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, if there's anybody who can give a great reference about how good it is in Saudi, it's him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but here's the thing, right? If you're Salah, and Henderson does get on the phone and goes, "Look, this is my experience." Um, was it nine million he lost uh, in his six months or something like that? Because yep. he won't get paid because he moved on. Would would that put Salah off? 
you know if 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 the money is around that 200 million um you know how much is is coming into seller's agent and seller's pocket um yep. would that be you know enough for him to see how he's you know disregard what uh, what Anderson's got to say and just see how his career um I suspect it might be I suspect the money might be too much for him to be able to resist it you know is you know the whole sort of look after your family and um your retirement and you know your your short time in, in life in foot as a footballer um I, I think it'll be too much I think he'll go I really do and and if he doesn't go to Saudi I think he'll go somewhere else um you know I, I think Klopp has been a a, a huge impact on his career and, and, and on his his development as a player as well um, so I I, th- I think he will go I think yeah I think that's that's pretty fairly certain that will happen and, and who will replace him uh, I mean interesting yeah. question there uh, that Ryan's asking greatest ever Liverpool player um, greatest ever Liverpool player mm-hmm. or Kenny Dalglish yeah 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 well I, I, mm. I think you've got to say you know, Dalglish, there's so many. You know, from that period that you would uh, you would say, but Dalglish should have to be up there. Um, would he be in the top three then, Salah? You reckon? He's got to be. He's got to be for what he's achieved. I mean, you know, you you, you know, he, but he's been a hell of a player. And when you oh. think how poor he was at Chelsea, you know, you yeah, would know. never have predicted that he would have gone on to become, you know, such a, such a such a wonderful wonderful player who could find the back of the net net on a regular basis. But I would I would say he's as as influential at Liverpool as as De Bruyne has been at Man City. Mm. Great yeah. player, great yeah. player. Yeah, um, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a summer um, on on the playing front and yeah. on the managerial front. Um, a, a report that's come through this morning with regards to Newcastle is that uh, they are reportedly interested in the German national team coach uh, Julian Nagelsmann yeah. if they decide to replace Eddie Howe's manager this summer. Uh, that's a lot better than being linked with Scott Parker, by the way, um, which, which is another thing that I saw doing the rounds yesterday. Um, Sunderland are more than welcome to have Scott Parker at the Stadium of Light. Um, you know, not for New, not for Newcastle, that, that's the case. But um, lots of speculation around Eddie Howe's job, lads. Oh, I don't and, and, and like do you this. Think, do you think this is? Do you think this is? You know, th- this is warranted. No. Um, go on, Daz. You've been quite vociferous there. I, yeah. I, I, as a Newcastle fan, can understand it. Um, and I think when the inevitable happens, um, and Newcastle get knocked out of the FA Cup in two weeks' time, then I, I think that you know our season is over, and yeah. we are literally chasing seventh place. So the question is, um, did Eddie Howe build up enough, build up enough credit in the two years previous? And does he have? Does he? Does he have? You know that those cards to play in the summer, and 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 deserve a chance to start. You know, on a fresh slate next season, or, you know, do the Saudis decide? Actually, this isn't where we're at. We don't see this as a long-term plan with this guy in charge. We want to bring in our man, and I think a lot of things are pointing to. There's been a bit of a slide after the meeting in Anik. There was the meeting in Anik with mm. Al Ramayan, Amanda Stavely, who's going through some serious legal stuff at the moment. Yeah, Dad Gadusi and Jamie Rubin. We've seen we've seen we've seen the shares drop and, and and Jamie Rubin buying in. We've seen Amanda now got a high court uh, this this high court battle which is going to go on up until the nineteenth or twentieth of March. Um, 
Eddie Howe's position maybe isn't as secure because of what's been said at that meeting. That's mm. speculation and hypothetical from me, but has he earned enough credit, do you think, uh, he, he, he has for me. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a sort of outsider looking in here. I, I was I was shocked to hear you say this the other day, Steve, about the, the importance of that match the other night uh, in terms of your season. Uh, make or break, you know, in, for the club, for, for Eddie Howe. Because you know, I th- I think he's had a, a, a torrid. Uh, he's been torridly unlucky at this, if that's an expression, uh, this year with with injuries, with the uh, Tonali thing, um, you know, lots of things that have been out of his control. Um, and I and I you know I, I think he is. I think he's a great tactician. Um, I think he, he's a great man manager. Um, I think he's done his, his very best. I think the team have done their very best to cope with the, the, the challenges that they've been faced with um, over the injuries and, and, uh, and everything else that's been going on. Um, I would like to see him get a summer where he's got some money to spend and he can bring in some players that he really wants that will help bring in the squad, which, which he, he did last year. You know, arguably Anthony Gordon's you know signing of the season. Um, you know, that was his signing. He he wanted to br- uh, to bring him in. Um, you know, so for me as an outsider uh, looking into this, I I, I think it will be a real shame uh, if they do get rid of them now because I don't think he's had he's well, two years. Um, and, and look what he has done in those two years. He's revolutionised this this team, this squad. Um, you know, I think if you give him another year, at least, uh, what what else can he do with with some proper backing uh, to bring in some players uh, that can really take this team on even further? Um, because who else would you get? You know, is Mourinho going to make it that difference? Is Dan going to uh, come in and do that? You know, those big names. If that's what if that's what the Saudis are after, the big names um, doesn't always bring you success. We know that, uh, and you've got a really exciting coach there that does know his stuff. That that it can uh, manage the the players well. And yeah, I, I, I for me. And I'm speaking as a Borough fan here, uh, looking on the outside. I would give him, uh, I would give him another year at least. What's your thoughts, Bry, on this, Eddie Howe? Um, has he, has he, yeah. you know, has he put enough credit in the bank to still be in charge of Newcastle next season? If, if I think the inevitable happens and we, you know, we we exit the FA Cup at the hands of Man City, I think he has, but I don't think it'll matter. I think it's already sort of set in stone that. Uh, yeah, the Saudi ownership in that want to move in a bit of a different direction, sadly. Um, I just think the writing's on the wall. And listening to you and listening closely to what you have to say week in, week out and coming off I'm glad someone and stuff does. like that. Uh, <laughs> oh. I, just, I just think, uh, I just think, yeah, look, I think it, it sounds to me like it, the writing's on the wall in terms of them wanting to go for a big name manager like your Pep Guardiola and then build the team around that person. I just don't think Eddie Howe is that man for the for the long term future, sadly, which I think he could be given the right resources. But I just yeah, I just don't see it. Um, I think they're going to want, you know, a Mourinho or Pep or someone like that uh, and and then potentially give them, you know, the, the war chest to go nuts with if they've got the financial fair play under control. So it's sad because um, I think he's going to be. Uh, a fantastic manager up for grabs for someone to go and get but uh, in terms of Newcastle taking that next step I think it's it's a manager uh, or sorry a, a head coach if you want to um, obviously it's a new director of football as well uh, and then they get they get that person in and that director of football and then they go for that next uh, that next sort of playing uh, 
you know, a group of players, which is going to be formidable. Uh, you're going to have Tenali to build around, I would argue. Um, the likes of Bruno hopefully sticking around. And then you've got already like a good core there, Lewis Miley and stuff like that. But then, you know, the likes of Dan Byrne um, you know, and, and Callum Wilson, Kieran Trippier, I think they'll all move on and you'll bring in this young sort of fresh, exciting team. And, you know, it'll be the next phase for Newcastle in the long-term plan that is, you know, this Saudi ownership. So, unfortunately, Eddie, I uh, I would love to have you on the Brecky Show, mate, to replace Ted uh, every Thursday. <laughs> Give us a call. Uh, we'd love to have you, mate, because uh, we, we're a big fan of you here. But, unfortunately, I think at the highest that be uh, won't allow it. What do you think, Steve? Do you, do you think he's got enough in the bank? Or, or do you think it is inevitable? Yeah. I think it's inevitable, um, and I hate yeah. to say that. I didn't yeah. think I would have said that at the start of the season, but I, I think that... I think that the Saudis will be ruthless with this decision. I think we'll learn a lot about the Saudis this summer as to what they decide to do. And I think there's enough noise around a managerial replacement to suggest that somebody somewhere is looking for it. I think the Dan Ashworth departure has something to do with that meeting that they had in Anik. Um I watched Eddie Howe's press conference after the meeting in Anik where he said, oh, no, I, that's not something I was invited to. Um, it wasn't a dig at the owners, but it was quite clear that that is owners and owners only and you know clearly there were some big decisions made there um i just think that i just think that the saudis are tightening the grip um they are the, ma- the they are the majority shareholders and they're not used to second best and not when they've spent a, a lot of money i've even heard suggestions that the saudis may be getting bored with the project and could move on um you know they could no. look to sell they no. could look to sell it's hypothetical again it's a rumor but it you know people suggesting that they you know they could move on that they're sick of they're sick of the they're sick of the the stuff that's been you know the obstacles that are being placed in in front of them you know each season and you know that the you know wow could you imagine that if if suddenly the club is up for sale the Saudis move on to Roma uh, because they they get an easier an easier ride in in the Italian league and uh, can go on to world domination with Roma and Newcastle are left with with whoever comes in I mean it, it 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 doesn't bear thinking about but you know these are the kind of things that are circulating at the moment a lot of this comes from lack of you know lack of information lack of lack of communication Newcastle's been good at communication since these owners came in but but ultimately yeah it's um, a lot to take in. Um, I, I do feel as a Newcastle fan, I'm going to have a busy summer, lads. I think Ooh, yeah. <laughs> normally normally it's Ooh, a bit of time yeah. off and a bit of relaxing, but I think I think I am going to be busy. But it is 8.57. I hope we have woken everybody up on Tyneside, Wearside <laughs> and Tayside <laughs> on the northeast footy brecky show. Uh, but it is hard, right, time, now to, now time to hand over to the genius that is Daz, <laughs> who is uh, going to wake up the nation even further. <laughs> Thank you very much, gents. Uh, if you missed the show today, you can listen again uh, between four and six across the network and as with every day you can also download the podcast get yourself along on spotify or podbean search for the cat the tune and the red and there you can listen again to the northeast footy breaking to your own delights gents have a lovely lovely thursday more footy to talk about tomorrow um, take care chaps. yeah and have a good one take it easy thank you guys bye, bye.